Welcome to the Grace Point Assembly of God podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit gphixon.com. Now let's get into a powerful message for your life from God's Word. Remember, right after the service, we have our fish fry. Uh, we're going to have it here instead of at the park. So go downstairs. Don't go to the park because uh, uh, there won't be any food out there. Uh, it's downstairs today. So we want to make sure everybody knows that. Uh, right, but uh, as you were coming in today, uh, many of you got a, a new directory. Uh, we handed those out as they were coming in. We ran out already, but uh, we'll print up some more. But we've also already know that there's some mistakes on there, so please let us know if there are mistakes on there, and uh, we'll get those corrected and uh, out, more out next week. So just be looking for that. Uh, if you have any corrections that need to be made, please see uh, Brenda Miller. She's, she's been working on that for me. She'll have some time this week to uh, get it all taken care of because I'm going to be gone for a few days, so she'll have you know nothing to do with me gone, you know. So. Uh, but uh, she'll be happy to help get those corrections done and, and get everything. We try to keep it up to date, but it's hard because we got new people coming in and new uh, addresses. People are changing things all the time on us, and so it's hard to keep up with them, but we try to get those out to you to help you stay in contact uh, with everybody here in the church. Amen. Well, let's uh, get back into our, our message series that we've been in, uh, No Pain, No Gain. Uh, I, I hope you guys have gained some information, some, some good insight from this uh, as we've looked at the, the, the equation that I, I've, I've given you each week uh, has, has been growth equals change, change equals loss, loss equals pain, and thus growth equals pain. If we're going to grow, we've got to experience some pain. It's just going to happen. Now, as I, as I had said in my first message, you know, I researched growing pains, and I didn't realize that that's really not a thing. Did you know that? Uh, I, I thought that, you know, I mean, growing pains, I thought that was something that was real, but they said that it's really not a, a medical condition. It's something that uh, they think, well, you know, maybe they're just... Uh, when they're young, they're, they're using their muscles too much and they're, they're running and going and doing all this stuff. And, and I was like, really? I, I thought this was something when you grow, you had pain. But they said it wasn't. But I don't know if those doctors know what they're talking about. When you grow, you have pain, don't you? I mean, it takes some pain when you grow. And uh, it's, it's just part of life. Now, then we, we've talked about a few things. We, we talked about the, the longer I avoid a problem, the bigger it generally becomes. So we need to just go ahead and endure some of the pain as we go and not make it all come at once. It's important that we not just put off and we, we ignore the pain. You know, because pain is part of the process. It's part of progression. We, we need it to progress. We need it to move forward. Many times, we won't move forward until we experience some pain. It's all part of the process. Often the difference between where I am and where God wants me to be is the pain that I am unwilling to endure. Many times, we won't get where God wants us to go because we don't want to endure the pain that it's going to take to get us there. I've heard many evangelists and pastors talk about the fact that young men come in and they say oh man i want your anointing i want your i want that ministry like what you've got and i've had some of them turn to them and say 
But do you want to endure the pain I've had to endure to get there? You know, because many times we aren't going to get that anointing. We're not going to get to that place in God that we want to go until we endure the pain. And I know some of the stories of some of those evangelists, some of those ministers, some of those pastors that have been out there, and they have endured great pain to be able to get them to that place where God's being able to use them. And you won't get to that place where God wants you to be unless you endure some pain. But God is always faithful. God is always faithful. Even in our pain, He teaches us. He instructs us. He encourages us. He builds us up in our pain. And pain isn't the enemy. The inability or unwillingness to face pain is a far greater danger to us. Always. Now last week we talked about the fact that we all face different pain. And we all face it differently. Some will face great amounts of pain and never fold, whereas others will face relatively small amounts of pain and just buckle under the pressure. We looked at the life of Elijah. We talked about how he could face the king, he could pray for drought, and he could challenge the prophets of Baal, but when it came time when Jezebel said, I'm going to take your life, he ran in fear. Now, to me, that always looked like something like, what is, what is wrong with him? Why is he wimping out over this when he's done all this other great accomplishments and great things of faith in his life? Why did that happen? And then I shared with you until I faced a pain that was similar to that, where it, it was just relatively nothing. It shouldn't have affected me at all, but all of a sudden I fell into a depression and a fear, and, and I, I didn't even know why. And that happens to us sometimes in our lives. Each one of us may face something, and all of a sudden that fear just comes, and you don't even know why. It's like, man, this, this doesn't make any sense. But God is faithful. Even in our pain, he brought him through. And Elijah is one of those that is spoken highly of. He is the prophet who comes before Jesus. Amen? He was taken up in a chariot of fire. He was in a place of honor. We know that he is with the Lord, even though he had this pain that seemingly derailed him in his life. God is faithful in the middle of our pain. Now today, I, I want to look at the life of Paul. We all know that Paul had to endure some pain. So, uh, we know, we, I want to see that pain is many times brought into our lives by the Lord to accomplish His purposes in us and through us. Now, you might say, wait a minute, God doesn't bring pain into your lives. That's just the devil. Let's read a scripture. Because that's what it always comes down to, right? We need to go to the scriptures and, and see what the scriptures really tell us. So turn with me to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. We're going to just read through the call of Saul in his life, who later became Paul. And we're going to read about the call that God made in his life and see how in this, where I believe it clearly tells us 
that God was going to bring pain into Saul or Paul's life. So let's read in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. It says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, let's just stop right there. This guy, Saul, he was, if you read later on in the New Testament, he talks a little bit about his, his past, his history, and he talks about how he is, was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was one who was strictly adherent to the law. He was a, a zealot. He was one who was, had a zeal for God like no other. He was actually one, if you read earlier in uh, Acts, where Stephen, who was the first martyr recorded in the book of Acts, he was the one who was standing holding the coats of all the Pharisees who were throwing stones at Stephen. He was standing there watching this, and he says, you know what? I have a zeal for God, and that, that sect is trying to destroy my religion and I'm going to go after them. And I believe it was on that day when he saw Stephen being stoned to death that Paul, or Saul at the time, had this zeal that came over him and says, you know what, I'm going to destroy this thing because it's trying to destroy my religion. Mm. So he goes to the head guys and he says, listen, Give me papers. I'm going to go over here to Damascus and I'm going to find these guys, these traitors to our religion, and I'm going to bring them back bound to Jerusalem. Amen? This is, this is Saul. He's bringing great persecution to the church of Jesus Christ. But then in verse 3, it says, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Now, I don't know about you, but if a light from heaven shines down, I don't think I'm going to be wondering who in the world it was. But Paul, or Saul at the time, was so consumed with his religion, his worldly, fleshly religion, that he didn't even know God when he started talking to him. He says, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarshish named Saul, for behold, he is praying. 
And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. I like Ananias. He answered kind of how I would have, I think. But Ananias answered, Lord, <laughs> I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Now listen to this, verse 16. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. This man Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, was very zealous for God. Amen? And thought he was doing the Lord's work by killing and imprisoning followers of the way, or later to be known as Christians. But Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and changed his life forever. But in this account, we see that Ananias was given a direct word from the Lord to share with Saul. And in this word, it basically was this. Saul, God wants to use you in a great way, but by doing so, you will have to suffer greatly for my namesake. Wow, what a word. That's not really the kind of word I like to hear. Now, the, that first part, you know, oh, being used greatly, oh, yeah, I, I want to hear that part, but uh, you must suffer greatly for my name. That's not really a word we want to hear, is it? I mean, who wants to get a word? i got a word for you today. You're going to suffer, sister. <laughs> uh, thanks, but uh, no thanks, you know. I, I, don't, I don't care for that word today. He, he says it in a clear fashion to Saul. And to me, it's, it's, it's like a revelation to all of us. That to follow after Christ is going to mean suffering. There's going to be pain in our lives, folks. It's going to come. It's part of this walk with Christ. I would even challenge us to think about it this way. If I have not endured pain in my life, am I really following after Christ? Because if, if I'm not enduring pain, I don't know if I'm really doing what God wants me to do. Because with following Christ comes pain. That's what he's telling Paul. He's, he's making it clear to, to him. Now, Theologically, I, I, I don't care how you want to look at this, you know, you know, how you want to describe it. 
how it happens, whether it's the devil doing this or whether it's this or that or however, but, but in the end, this is what we have to conclude. That God told Paul he was going to have to suffer for the name of Jesus. Period. Okay? He was going to have to. Now, many Christians believe that pain is inspired by and only comes from the devil. But I believe this. I believe that God allows pain in our lives. Whether it comes from the devil, myself, others, or even from the Lord himself, I don't know. And I'm not positive on those things, but I do know this. Without a doubt, he allows, and I believe even sometimes orchestrates it in our lives for his purposes. It's not for nothing. It's not just to to punish us. It's not just to bring judgment in our lives. It's not just to kind of put this thumb and put the screws to us. That's not what it's about. The pain comes in our lives to help us to grow and to mature and to become like Christ. God allows us to endure hardships and pain to grow us. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament is James chapter 1. Actually, when I was in high school, I, I, my last year, my senior year, I went to a private Christian school, and I had to memorize this chapter. I can't give you all of it right now, okay? It's been many years since I was out of high school. But I still remember the first parts of this. You know, and, and it, it is so important when we read those first verses, especially 2 through 4. Let me, let me just read this. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, that is one of those scriptures that just kind of blows your mind. He's saying, be happy, get joyful when you encounter pain. Right? He said, he said count it all joy. When you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its perfect or full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Without pains and trials, we will never be perfected into the image of Christ. Never. You have to have that pain, those trials, those things that come into your life to perfect you into the image of Christ. Pain is the tool or the scalpel, if you will, that he uses to cut away all the stuff out of our lives. He's molding us. He's making us. He's fashioning us. But pain is what he uses to, to cut away, to tear apart, to remove those things that are not like him. It was no surprise to Paul that pain was coming into his life. And it never should be to us as well. It shouldn't be a surprise. He says, don't, 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 don't think it's something strange. James is like, man, too many Christians are thinking this is a strange thing. Because we have bought into the lie that if we accept Jesus, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be perfect. There's an old country song that says, I never promised you a rose garden. He didn't. He didn't promise you that it's all going to be flowers and rainbows and unicorns, whatever. You know what I'm saying. 
It's not going to be all the wonderful things that you can think of. Now, yes, having a relationship with Christ is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. It is the most exciting thing. It it is the, the most joy that I could ever have. But in that joy, there will be pain. And it's necessary, it's needed in my life. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I want, I want to read this, this scripture as well this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, when, he, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. Paul was enduring some afflictions, and he was afraid that them seeing the afflictions that he was under was going to discourage them in their faith. And so he's sending these, these disciples their way to encourage them that, you know what, Paul is standing strong. He's going through them, but he's in the middle of afflictions. Then it says, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. Now think about that. Paul is saying that we, were, we are destined for this. It is part of our destiny. It is part of what we know is going to happen in our life. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know Paul understood that pain was coming he was ready for it I don't believe he was asking for it amen I mean you know there's just some things we don't have to ask for God brings some pain in my life so I can grow I don't suggest you make that prayer. It's going to come. It's going to happen. But the problem is, many times as Christians, we're not prepared for it. We're not ready for it. We think, it's oh, everything's supposed to be great. Everything's supposed to be comfortable. But God is not about us being comfortable. He's about us growing, maturing, constantly causing us to be strengthened, be more steadfast in our faith. And the only way that can happen is through pain, through trials, through tests in our lives. Paul had to endure more pain than most of us will ever know. Let me just kind of give you some of a glimpse of what Paul had to endure. If you Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28. It says, Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. Paul was, the, the Corinthians were telling him that, you know, he was less of an apostle than these other guys, and they were bragging about all they'd been through and everything, and Paul He's not really wanting to brag, but he's like, listen, these guys haven't done anything. Let me tell you what pain is all about. And then he starts in. He says, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death, 
Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. These afflictions that Paul went through were part of the prophecy that he received when he first got saved. Paul knew he was going to have to go through these things. He understood it that this was part of his calling, part of what God was going to use him for. But I still don't think it was easy. But these afflictions did not discourage Paul. Although some of his writing, you can see that he experienced moments of discouragement. He had times where he was, man, this is, this is almost overwhelming, God. I mean, when you go back and you read through that, I mean, being left for dead, being shipwrecked and out on the sea for a day and a night. I mean, when you get rescued from some of those things, it's like, oh, man, Lord, is there anything else I have to endure? And then he goes to the next city and they beat him with rods. He gets healed up from that one. He goes to the next city and they try to stone him to death. But he kept on going because he knew that the pain was his gain. The pain that he was enduring was bringing him closer to Christ. Now, they did not make him want to give up, but rather motivated him to preach harder, to pray longer, to give more for the cause of Christ. And that's what pain should do in us. It shouldn't bring us down to a place of discouragement. We shouldn't throw up our hands and go, Oh no, what am I going to do now? I can't pay the bills this week. Oh God, what am I going to do? And that's what I see many Christians doing today is they, they get into a little bit of difficulty and they're like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And here Paul is, we read about him and all that he went through. I don't believe God is asking many of us to go through that same amount of pain. But yet we give up and we lose it and we get depressed and we get discouraged and we think, oh man, what do I have to live for? What do I have to do? Why do I need to go on? Paul gets up off the ground after being stoned and walks back in the city and begins to preach again. Folks, we, 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 we get so discouraged over so little. Paul understood this. 
he writes about it in Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 22. He says, when they had preached the gospel, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Folks, we need to remember it's through many tribulations that we will enter into the kingdom of God. I know this isn't the brightest message in the world. It's not something we want to hear. It's not, you know, that, whoo, praise the Lord, I get to go through tribulations. But it takes tribulation and pain in the life of every believer to bring them into the kingdom of God. If you want to be in the kingdom of God, you will endure pain. But we will go through it with Him, with His strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to pull up my, 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 my straps and, and go on by myself. It's not in my own strength. It's in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I don't have to give up. I don't have to let that little thing just pop me in the head and go, Oh, no, what am I going to do? I can go, Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you that I have your Spirit in my life. Thank you that I don't have to face this alone. Thank you that I can have the joy of the Lord in the midst of this trial because you are with me. That's what he wants us to get to. That's the maturity level that he wants us to be at in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 3-10, through 10, it says, we, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love. You see, Paul goes into this thing and he's starting off with all the pain and all the trials, but then all of a sudden he starts turning around and he says, you know what, when I'm in those pains, all of a sudden now I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I get knowledge and I have patience and I have kindness and I have genuine love for my brothers because when I'm in that pain, all of a sudden I begin to look at Jesus closer. I begin to look into His eyes and I look to Him for my help and all of a sudden the character of Christ becomes a part of my life. Verse 7, he says, By truthful, truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. 
You see, Paul understood that through all of his trials, he was getting a new perspective on life. You know, even though in the flesh this is happening, in the spirit this is happening. Amen? And he went through them and he began to realize what all he was gaining through the pain that he was enduring. And folks, God wants us to have that same perspective. He wants us to see our pain as not something that is coming in our lives to harm us, but to grow us. To help us. Pain is just part of this Christian walk. It is brought into our lives to grow us, shape us, and make us into the image of Christ. It is for our personal growth, but also for the sake of others. So so let's stop becoming surprised when it comes into our lives as if some strange thing is happening to us. Let's not be confounded or dumbfounded by it. It is all part of God's grand plan. It's part of His plan. What we must do is what Paul did. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Because Paul made this statement that I believe sums it all up. Joshua, if you want to go ahead and come up this time. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, because like Him in His becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul basically came to a place where he says, you know what? I know I'm going to endure pain. I know all these things are coming in my life. God told me about it. He prepared me, but you know, I didn't know how much. I didn't know how far it was going to have to go, but I count everything that I ever had as loss. All that other stuff means nothing. Except I'm knowing Him. Knowing Him. That's all that matters. That's all that matters in this life. That's all that is worth anything. All the other stuff, all the righteousness that I had in my flesh when I was a Pharisee and trying to do it according to the law and I was fulfilling the law and I was doing the right things. But it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. I saw somebody put on Facebook today a, 
a, a power strip and they said, you know what, trying to do it yourself is like taking the end of that power strip and plugging it back into the power strip. It doesn't, there's no power there. There's no, there, it doesn't work that way. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own way. And that's why he brings pain into our lives to show us you can't do it. But in me, you can do all things. See, we have to have that pain to show us that we're just not all that we thought we were. And it's hard sometimes when God reveals those things. And I think that's why Paul had to go through so much because he truly was a man who was zealous about following after the law, following after the works of the law, following after things in his own flesh. And so God had to use much pain to drive those things out of his life. Just know that if you're enduring pain right now, God is taking his scalpel and cutting something out of your life. And if you'll just look at it and say, God, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, though, take it away. Take it away. Take it out of my life because all that matters is knowing you. All that matters is knowing you, God. I'll endure the pain. I'll go through whatever it is you want me to go through. God, cut away on me all that you need to as long as I can know you and the power of your resurrection in my life. Let's all stand this morning as we conclude the service. I know this series of No Pain, No Gain hasn't been the most exciting, encouraging, and uplifting one that we all want to hear, but it's important. Because I think most of us are going through some level of pain right now in our lives. And we may have been questioning, is this is this something I've done? Is this something that, that the devil's doing in my life? Is this something that, you know, are, is it others that are, are doing these things because they're being controlled by the devil? When I think God wants us to just look at it and say, God, I, I don't understand, but I trust you. I trust you. I may not see what you're doing, but I trust you. And that's what he wants us to get to. That's what Paul, I believe, lived his life as. One who says, you know what, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why I have to keep getting run out of town. I don't understand why I have to be stoned all the time. I don't understand why I get thrown in prison every time I speak your name. But I trust you. And I count it all as loss for the sake of knowing you, oh God in my life. This morning, I just want us to take a few moments and just, just spend some time with Him. And just say, God, this pain that I'm enduring right now, I don't understand it, but I know that it's worth it. I know that it's worth it because it's causing me to know You more. And I'm going to focus on You. I'm not going to focus on the pain. I'm not going to focus on the situation. I'm not going to try to ask why. I'm not going to try to justify it. I'm not going to try to blame it on the devil or anybody else. I'm going to see it as your hand working in my life. And God, I want your purposes to be accomplished 
in and through this pain now. Let's take a few moments. You can find a place of prayer, whether it's at these altars or whether it's at your chair. Find a place and get with Him and just let Him know that you understand the pain is working in you for His purposes right now this morning. tune in next week for another great sermon from Grace Point Assembly of God.